thank you for joining our conversation on Wow Whispering. I am your host, Diane A. Curran, and it is delightful to be with you. Wow is spontaneous, open, expressive. Whispering is intimate, still, receptive. In our modern age, moments rush in or away like quicksilver. Do we even make the time to savor a wow or reflect on a whisper, to notice and value such gifts? We're ready to do just that with you right now. I am excited to be with everyone today, our listeners, and I have someone wonderful with me today. Her name is Michelle Hammonds, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her in a moment. But Michelle, would you say hello to our listeners today? Hello, everyone out there. Hope you're having a great day today. It is wonderful to be with you. So let me share a little bit about Michelle and what she's up to in life. Michelle Hammonds, and let me spell her name just because if you want to look her up online, you want to get the right spelling. Her first name is Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, and her last name is Hammonds, H-A-M-M-O-N-S. And Michelle is a certified performance coach with a multidisciplinary background who works as an entrepreneur and a corporate leader. Her career spans professional photography, art, information technology, and leadership. Wow, we got to talk more about that. That's quite a span. And Michelle enjoys developing ideas, process, and technology to help others leverage their creative strengths. She utilizes a variety of creative solutions to help people gain clarity on their vision and provide a strategy to reach goals and drive the commitment to stick to that strategy. Oh my gosh, Michelle, you are somebody who makes sure that things happen, don't you? (laughs) Well, yeah, I'd certainly try to help others with that for sure. Oh, I love it. And by the way, you can find her and learn even more about the amazing things she does on her website, which is called thevisionarylife.com. What a great name and what a great way to live, the visionary life. So tell me, Michelle, what prompted you to choose that for identifying your business and and, and really presenting the vision of what you're about? It has a deep meaning, so thanks for asking. There's this concept of vision that we all have for our lives, or maybe we don't have it yet. And when I was working as a photographer and taking portraits, uh, and so if I were taking your portrait, for example, this would be a soulful experience, right? I'm going to make you look more beautiful than you are probably in reality. Also learning about you in the process, right? And we've all had that portrait experience where we want our chin to look just right or our arms. Could you just make me stand behind this person, you know, uh, to, <laughs> to hide ourselves? This visionary life stems from that vision word. And as we all, speaking from a photography metaphor, have our own lens that we look through life, right? We have our own vision. And even if you and I were standing looking at the exact same thing, which is really where this came from, we would see different things. And so uh, one of my trips uh, that I went to Hawaii and, and did a photography workshop was a landscape workshop at a place called uh, the Hui Holana in Molokai. And we were there doing landscape photography, which was not my forte. So this was more of a, a trip where I was just growing and learning and being in a beautiful environment. I was a people photographer. 
Well, one thing I learned that day was that mountains really don't move all that fast <laughs> or that much. <laughs> yeah, and except I, when they turn into volcanoes, and then we've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, this is true. And so here I am, and I'm on this retreat with like 15 other photographers, and we're and they're okay. landscape artists. They oh. this is what they do, and I'm a people person, so I'm always like moving and changing with the people, and uh, it doesn't take that long to photograph people. Well, so we're at the same scene for about 45 minutes, and and about the first three minutes in, I'm like, I'm good. I've got what I need. You know because I'm used to working with things that are more <laughs> fluid. But we came back and we were looking uh, at all of the work that people had captured that was their favorite. And what was so profound about that is even standing relatively shoulder to shoulder, looking at a pretty wide open landscape of the ocean and the mountain range, we all saw something very different. Oh. and captured it differently. And it was such a profound moment because I was like, wow, if we could be standing there looking at something that large and that big and enormous that is not moving or changing all that much, but still see things very differently, then this vision thing is big for people. <laughs> mm. And uh, so, you know, we talk about vision boards, like visualizing what you want out of your life. And the truth is, is that vision is so powerful that if you can visualize something, and this is true for me as a creative artist, if I cannot get clarity on what I want to see, like as a picture or a photograph or maybe a painting, you know, however, whatever metaphor you want to use for the visual representation. If I can't see it clearly, then I can't get there. And I know that about myself. Like if there's something foggy or it's missing or there's a dead spot, then I don't, I, I can't actually make that come into reality. But on the opposite side of that, when I am clear on that vision and I know exactly, you know, what the temperature outside feels like and what the flowers smell like and what the wind is doing and what the sounds around me are doing. And I can connect with all that sensory that's alive in that visual picture, then I can make it happen. And so the visionary life for me is really, even though I grew up in Oklahoma in the middle of the United States where there's no ocean anywhere near me, I'm very connected to this idea of, of reaching people all over the world. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's part of my vision. The visionary life is to connect with our technology all over the world. You can, you can influence people and help people and serve others and meet amazing human beings that otherwise you would never have done in our old school life that we did before technology was invented. So it has a pretty deep meaning when I think about it. And I think we all should lead and live from a visionary life. We get to choose our canvas and we get to paint what we want onto that canvas when we get intentional about it. But sometimes we get lost on the journey or we don't, we lose belief or we lose confidence or we get fear sets in. And so that's why it's so important to bring, come back to the vision because if we can visualize it, Disney had that, right? Whatever the mind can conceive, we can achieve. That was a Disney quote because in his mind, he could see the pictures of those mm -hmm. characters. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love using his representation of that to help illustrate because I think Sometimes we think, oh, I'm not very creative. No, but you have the ability to think. Uh, you think through what you want in a picture, right, for yourself or for a situation. And that's where it comes from. You know, you've said so many very creative and wonderful things. And, and something that jumps out at me just toward the end as you were talking about what you can see in your minds. Some people call it your mind's eye. But I remember as a kid, and I can still see myself standing in the, we called it the parlor. It was a standard American living room, but we called it the parlor for some reason. That may be been our ancestors. And I was standing there and I thought, gosh, I wish there was a way 
that without having to get paper and pens and watercolors and paint, if I could just show people what was in my head and do it without having to get involved in paper and all that, wouldn't that be amazing? Little did I know, I was only in the fifth grade, maybe sixth grade, little did I know that I was entering into a chapter of life where I can do that now because I've got a computer sitting on my desk that's far more powerful than anything that even took us to the moon in the old days. And now I work with people virtually. We're having a wonderful conversation. We can see each other secretly inside yeah. this, this wonderful podcast, but we see people and we communicate visually without paper. And so I can show people what's in my head by simply using pixels and light frames and, and technology to present it. So Michelle, we are all, you're absolutely right. We are living a visionary life. I guess the question is, is everybody claiming it? Are we seeing it from that point of view? Are we acknowledging it and really having the power of it handy? And that's something you support people to do. Yes, absolutely. And you know, there's so much, like to answer your question, there's so much untapped potential. Like we don't even realize the power of this until you, st I've probably been practicing vision for being visionary for more than 20 or 25 years now. I mean, it's been since I was really young, definitely back to high school, probably even earlier in my life. The first visualization I ever made was that I can remember being about a sophomore or junior and I still have it somewhere. And it's amazing how accurate what I represented then is still true today. But yeah, there's a lot of untapped potential with this. And sometimes people think, oh, I don't have time to make a vision board or that's all just kooky talk, right? That, <laughs> that, that's just for those people that are overachievers. Uh, you know, or the person says, I can't draw a straight line. How can I possibly do any art? Ooh. Right. And, and even though I'm a creative artist, I am one of those people. If you were to have me draw a physical picture, I'm probably at about a kindergarten grade of <laughs> stick figures. Like you're not going to get anything great. But what is so amazing is like what you just said, through computers, through technology, through our awesome printing, we we have, we can represent pictorially anything we need to using our digital technology. And so a lot of times people will say, well, I don't do a vision board because like I have all this like physical stuff that I can't stick on it. I'm like, okay, we'll take a digital picture of it <laughs> and put it on the board, right? Oh, what a great idea. You don't have to have this, the thing. It's just a representation of it. And generally, even uh, if it's a great slim picture of ourselves or that beautiful vacation spot or dream home or good health whatever it is we're visualizing, we can find a pictorial representation of it that's pretty close to what we think. And this is powerful, powerful stuff when you do this. Um, I, I can't even begin to tell you what, what changes in your life. I am a big fan of vision boards and collaging. And one of the things I learned in my, in, in my years of uh, early collages was, well, if I can't find the exact image, let me take something that I like the color of, maybe I like the texture of it, maybe it's pretty, and I'll just cut out a paper doll of this, or I'll make, I'll make a shape, like the shape of something I want, but it will be textured in a completely untraditional way. Maybe it's gonna be a, a, a picture of a boat, but what I'm using is I'm using a jeweled necklace as what I'm cutting it out from, so suddenly you have this jeweled boat, and boy, there's a vision I'm up for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a perfect example of just allowing that creative space to flow. And, and while you might not be, you know, a hobby lobby crafter per se, like knowing what all the ingredients need to include, you just have to be a little creative for yourself, right, to get the visual representation of it. Mm. And there are people say, well, 
okay, so my mind works that I'm more visual. Someone else might say, my mind works that I'm more auditory. Another one says I'm more kinesthetic, it's body sensations. What I find fascinating is when people have that, like for example, kinesthetic people tend to represent things in action or in motion or in dance, and people are auditory, they want to maybe see the words or they want to read a beautiful book or, or they want to hear the lyrics to a, to a song. When we start to combine, we all have all those capacities, but we don't necessarily have them all prominent. When we start to combine them and work with each other, ah, that's even more fun because we learn a little bit about things we can do from the person who's maybe strong in that area or gifted in another area of, of connection and perception and communication. So I have a sense Michelle, that your vision boards and just the fact that you said, look, take a picture of the thing that you want to physically put there. You're giving people new tools to, to take their native gifts and really realize them. That's fantastic. Yes. Another tip that I love about vision boards, and you're right, like, we, like I'm an audible learner. I, mm -hmm. If I were to say my best way to learn is to hear it. I just don't find as much time to read, although I love reading too. But like on a vision board, I think the other thing that trips people up is like we, we go back to kindergarten kind of, right? We got to have some scissors and we got to have some glue, some materials that we would use in art class, an elementary art class. But for when I teach vision boards, I do because we're adults and things change and we don't want to have to recreate vision boards all the time. There's two, two aspects that I like to share. One is use uh, push pins, right? So that you can move, things can be fluid because oh. you're going to conquer these things on this vision board. I can assure you I've made enough of them now that you need to be able to, if you're going to keep it fluid and, and a living, breathing document for yourself, that using push pins can help you move things around. Uh -huh. And then the other piece of it though, is I also supplement the vision board with an evidence journal. You move those things that you've achieved off that vision board into a journal that's a permanent record of that achievement or accomplishment. You can start one of those just by thinking about the defining moments in your life or those things that when you look at visually, they remind you of your success. They remind you of your courage. They remind you of facing a fear or pushing through a big obstacle in life. And we all have probably five to seven of those big things, if we sit down and think about it, that we can start an evidence journal with. And then, so that's how I kind of, it's kind of a free-flowing uh, vision board in my world. And I like the push pins because you can, because sometimes things change and then you don't have to worry about like, how am I going to get this off or how am I going to cover it up? <laughs> you know, there's the technicalities of gluing it down uh, that kind of make that challenging. But that's, that's one way I like to work with people doing that. And you brought in the other senses. You brought in touch for the pushpins. You brought in movement for the kinesthetic folks. And you brought in this notion of things move around over time in our lives. So now, oh, I just love the word evidence journal. That gets me, makes me want to put on my detective's hat and say, yes. so what is the evidence that I've gotten from point A to point, I don't know, 15 on my, on my chart? I'm going from letters to numbers here. So this idea that Sometimes people have an idea at the beginning of the year. I want, I want this to come into my life. I want that to come into my life. But how do you know when that's happening? Isn't it a great idea that you're saying, hey, you know, maybe make a note in your evidence journal that you started to see this come into your life. And how was that for you? And what did you feel when it showed up? Or, or did you suddenly find yourself saying, oh, and that's only the first step. Now there's this and this and this to be added. 
Yeah, and it's it's so powerful to reflect on because we will have moments in life that shake our confidence and that knock us off our game, right? We all face those challenges that inevitably show up. And so by I find by having that evidence journal on those days when it gets a little dark and rainy, which we will all have them, to be able to pull that out and go, you know what, this is what I'm about. These are the things that I know because even though I'm challenged in the present moment, whatever the challenge might be, this is the reason, this is the evidence that my life holds that I'm going to make it to the other side of this. You know, you jumped right into the wow that you shared with me when we were talking about getting together today. And I want to just let people know what Michelle said to me. She said, being courageous and having unwavering belief. Ooh, that's about, we don't always have certainty before we make our, make our next move, but pushing through the resistance and fear for a better future is a major wow. So can you share more about that? Because I think that is really kind of getting to the, not always the easy side of wow, right? Right, right. So there's several things that show up. And sometimes we are, we're naturally courageous. We all have a little bit of that. And then other times we don't see ourselves that way. We still may have the courage, but we haven't found that inner courage, right? It hasn't roared yet for us. But we all hold that. But sometimes what happens is we will take on something that maybe is a little uncertain. And this can be everyday living, like, you know, making a major home purchase or getting married or having a baby or what, you know, just those big things in life that happen for us. It can also be things like when we really act on an idea that we're where we really know we're passionate about, but maybe the rest of the world isn't doesn't share our passion yet, right? They yeah. there's some uncertainty and unknown. And so part of being courageous is really facing those realities and fears. And again, kind of going back to the idea that if it's my visionary life, I can paint the canvas however I want. I can have the life that I want holding that belief then helps me go, okay, well, if I believe that, then how do I make this possible? And here's the current challenge and here's the unknown. And so something like we like to scale things in high performance a lot, like on a scale of one to 10, how much do you believe that? is a good question. And you might say, well, I think it's a six. Well, that means you aren't quite sure, right? You're about halfway there, a little over. So what do you, what can you do? You can start asking better questions like, well, what can I do to make that belief higher? What do I need to know? What, like, what, what do I need to go learn or what competence do I need to raise? Or where's my confidence lacking? Like, why don't I believe more? Is there, am I the first one doing it? Am I a pioneer? Right. So mm-hmm. there may not be a path to follow. So therefore you're just out there kind of chopping down the path as you go. And there's nobody ahead of you that you can really model after. That would be an example. And in our entrepreneurial world, that's very true. But most of the time we can find somebody who's been there in some capacity to lean on. And so it's like, well, who could I talk to that could help me see a different perspective or learn a little bit about how they did this journey? And that can raise our confidence level in those moments where we're, where fear sets in. And fear can really you know, stop us in our tracks. It can cripple us sometimes if we let it. So being aware of it, and so if you're feeling stuck and you haven't had movement, that's a good question to ask is, why, where am I stuck here and how long have I been stuck? Why won't I move forward? Is it the uncertainty? Is it that I'm, and, and, that, and this is a big thing about uncertainty too, is when we are facing uncertainty, sometimes we'll regress back to the things that we know. So like instead of doing that thing that we know we want to push through on, we might go do the laundry or we might go do (laughs) something that we're confident that we can totally handle that we do all the time. And it's more of our settling into our recliner, right? Our comfort zone. 
instead of staying in that fully charged place, it's like, no, I'm going to push through. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to find someone. I'm going to learn something to help challenge us through that uncertainty. So that's why I think courageous has so many dimensions to it because it can show up in the smallest ways as just simple procrastination, or it can be real fear that challenges us. And, and sometimes it can be like physical fear, like that's the worst kind, but most of the time that's not going to be the case. <laughs> but when you have faced a challenge of that magnitude, then you know, if I did that, I can do this, right? So again, part of that evidence journal, what, what fears have you conquered already in life is a great question to ask. I think fear is a fabulous four-letter word, and it is a word that I have paid attention to. I have a view of it that I'd like to add to what you've shared with us so far, and that is that fear is generally something that you don't know yet. It's something you don't know either what it is or how it's going to go or how it's going to turn out. So you go back to, people call it the comfort zone. I even call it the familiarity zone. It's like, well, I already know about this. Like, I know how this is going to go, good, bad, and indifferent. But, oh, my gosh, if I'm facing the unknown, I can't be guaranteed a particular outcome. So am I going to be okay? Am I going to muster up what, what as you mentioned, is our native courage? Am I, am I willing to take a look around the curtain, over the edge of the precipice here, and just see what there is to see? And that's where I feel like we need to get some bird energy because you know how birds are. They fly and they have a trust of themselves being lifted by nature, being lifted by the unknown. And they can't see what they're flying on. They have feathers. They, they have a certain kind of species trust that just lifting their wings and human beings don't have that too. What, otherwise we wouldn't have airplanes. Because <laughs> airplanes are extraordinary if you think about how much they weigh, and yet they go up and they travel extraordinary distances because there's a, there's a recognition that there's something extraordinary. It's not just knowledge, but it's a kind of a leap of faith. So you have raised a wonderful word. The world of fear is not, is not the same thing as danger. And I think sometimes people equate the two together. Don't you find that true sometimes? Yeah, that's a great way to represent that. I love, um, because we do think it, like something's dangerous. Well, a lot of things we try are not dangerous, but we still have fear or resistance, or sometimes we're just internally defiant. Like, you know, we'll just, we'll just put it off or we won't follow through or we'll have an attitude about it. Right. Um, it can be that as well, but yeah, I like that fear is not always um, danger for sure. And you've also shared the other side of the wow whisper equation here, which is the whisper. And I want to bring this up now because it's a very subtle piece of something that I think is inside much of what we're saying here. So what Michelle shared with me about whispers is she said that what's important to do is honor each breath. Because we take for granted that we're going to breathe without thinking about it too much. Talk about the unknown. But this is a delicate, sacred difference between the breath of life and death. One nanosecond, we're here, and the next, we might be gone. Now, being aware that we are gifted each new day and that there are no guarantees for any of us, that is a profound whisper, Michelle. And thank you for bringing that and presencing it into the conversations. I'd love to hear... A little bit more about that for me. 
Yes. Well, this, my awareness of this came up um, really the, in my mom's passing from life to death. And that was uh, happened in 2002. So I was pretty young then. I was about 32. Um, and that was a pretty profound moment. And just, you know, we knew the inevitable was there because she had been sick and battling cancer. And in those moments where you're in those situations in life like that, you are paying attention to someone's breath because breath is what keeps us alive. So breathing patterns change a lot at the end stage of life and breaths get very slow. They get very long and in between, you know, sometimes 30 or 45 seconds between a breath mm. and you start to, you, so there's this intensity to it. And, um, and I don't, when I'm talking about this, I don't mean to make it sound dark because it was such a beautiful moment at the same time, the acknowledgement of just how <laughs> how split second nanosecond as I call it in between the breath of life and the breath of you know another world is so when you think about it like when we go back to like facing our fears right tying it back to be, being visionary and believing the having the unwavering belief that anything is possible but also recognizing that right now in this moment that you and I are having right this this moment can never be captured again and this kind of goes back to my photography work where uh-huh. Uh, taking a photograph is the only thing that I've found in life that makes time stand still. Otherwise we can never return to this moment, right? Just that moment, a moment ago, we'll never get back to that moment, but a photograph will represent it for us. And so again, getting into this idea that the breath is precious because our subconscious, just our amazing anatomy and physiology that we have, this body that we live in, it's so incredible and it does it all without us thinking about it. But if we had to consciously think about, oh, I need to take a breath. Oh, I need to take another breath. This would be a very different life because we would be much more aware of how precious breathing is for our body system. And so having that mindset and holding a little deeper viewpoint on it realizes, makes you realize that, you know what, we are only gifted this moment. And we, most of us think tomorrow's coming and it probably will, but we really don't know. And one thing's for sure is that we all will not escape this life alive, right? So we have to live with this intentionality every day. And so why not start now leading that visionary life? Because every moment is precious and we all have someone important to us that we have lost either suddenly or way ahead of their time. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just don't know. And so we don't know what that day is for us, but living with intention and leading that visionary life can really support appreciating the breath of life. And there's actually a poem about this. um, And I'm not going to know the author's name because I didn't think about bringing it here to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's just this beautiful illustration about what the breath does for us. And so if you haven't, you can Google it. Um, It's a very famous poem. It's called the breath of life, but it's very significant. And just thinking about each breath. And then when we get conscious about it, you know, taking it in, really taking the oxygen in that's required for our mind and our body to work properly. We're, we're all very busy today. It's very noisy. And so breathing is a, definitely tied to meditation and just kind of calming ourselves back to center. But being aware of it, I think is really important. And you know, there are people who study the science of breathing and people who are maybe yoga masters. And so they have more of the Eastern wisdom and tradition around breathing. And now there are Western people who are trying to really bring yoga breathing into the health practices. And and even Western doctors are saying, well, on our website, we have a whole series of meditations where you can slow your breath and really get in touch with your body. And they're not necessarily connecting that to a consciousness of life, but they're definitely connecting it to a quality of life. And why I say that is because 
if you think about what you've been describing, there is a journey that we have and there's a transformation that takes place. We don't know what is on the other side of that transformation. I, there's an apocryphal story. I don't know if it's true, but it's been reported in, uh, online in many news stories over the year. There was a man named Timothy Leary who was quite the character, but he was one of the early experimenters in consciousness. And he was always up to what was next. And when he was leaving his body, uh, they say that he sat up in bed and suddenly said, with, with kind of a pleasant look on his face, as, as they knew that he was about to transition, why not? Why not? As if he were going on some next stage of adventure that the people around him in the room could not see, they couldn't go with him. But this sense that there was something coming that we, when we're here in our regular old bodies doing our regular routines, we don't know what that might be. So there's an interesting aspect on the unknown as well. Yes. Since you brought that up and shared, I'd love to just share this little story. And I mean this to be uh, bring hope and inspiration as I share this. It's very personal. But, you know, as I was tending to my mom those last few days, um, we knew things were getting bad. And um, one day, just like you described, she was sitting there and we, we just weren't sure when that time was coming, but it could have been any moment. She was resting and then she kind of opened her eyes like she was surprised and had a big smile on her face. And she goes, can you hear those angels singing at the foot of my bed? Now in the conscious world, no, I could not hear them. But I, and so what I said to her is, you know what? I can't hear them or see them, but I bet they are there because there, it was clear they awoke in her spirit, right? As they were singing. And she, she just had this sense of joy and peace and calm. And so it's those gifts that we get in life, right? That was a gift given to me, I feel like, to assure me that, that that's, that's a more joyful transition. That's like, what's next? Like what you said. And so it's always interesting. And I know there's a lot of accounts of that, but I actually experienced something like that myself. And it was a few more days before she actually transitioned, but that was a pretty profound moment because that's not something that would have ever been something she would have said, or it was so out of character. And she was so surprised, like a childlike surprise that was on her face when she was talking about it. So it was really a very special moment. Well, this is a day for sharing. My dad had something similar when he was in the process of making his transition, which was some days later. At one point, he was in bed. He was in a hospital bed. And he said to me, oh, can you see that? And he was, he was talking about these wonderful beings and this man in this sort of glowing green suit and this little dog coming to greet him. And he's like, I can, can you see this? He says, come over here. I want you to see this. And I thought, so dad, I think this is for you. I just want to hear you talk about it. Because I thought, well, it's, you know, unless I'm prepared to go with him, I think that this is his vision. But how wonderful. He had this beatific smile on his face and he was literally seeing it. I thought, well, how lovely that I was given the gift of being present for his vision. Talk about a yes. visionary life. I suspect, and we haven't known each other all that long, but just oh. how many more people have an experience like this that we just never have the clarity or the time to really center in and talk about these important moments. Because if we did, they're so profound, they would change our life. We would start living differently because of them. Maybe by you sharing what you've shared, Michelle, and us having a conversation, maybe they get to really present something that, you know, maybe it fades a little bit and kind of goes to the background of daily living. But when you remember it, it enlivens you again. So I just want to invite all our listeners to really be present to maybe an experience of this kind that you've, that you've shared 
and you've had maybe privately or with members of your own family and friends. Oh, you're sending chills, Michelle. <laughs> so we're going to take a little break on that note, give everybody a chance to tune in, and then we'll be back with you very shortly. So stay with us. There's more to come with Michelle Hammonds. Thank you for being with us on WOW Whispering. In each episode, we present a public service announcement that highlights resources committed to uplifting our quality of life. Look for the episode show notes, which have links to learn more. Today, we are pleased to feature Stop Bullying Gov. It's actually stopbullying.gov if you're going to the website, but if you're on Twitter, it's Stop Bullying Gov. Updates on how you can take action to stop bullying are what they present. Parents, kids, educators, and communities all play a role. Their focus is on bullying, cyberbullying, prevention, and resources. And what they advise on is training, what schools can do, and state laws and policies. Prevention is all about teaching kids how to identify bullying and how to stand up to it safely. You want to be aware of what our kids are doing online. Stop bullying on the spot. When adults respond quickly and consistently to bullying behavior, they send a message that it's not acceptable. Research shows that this can stop bullying behavior over time. Parents, school staff, and other adults in the community can help kids prevent bullying by talking about it, by building a safe school environment and creating a community-wide bullying prevention strategy, because it's all about getting help now. If you find that you've done everything you can personally do to resolve a situation and nothing has worked, or someone is in immediate danger, there are ways to get help. This website is where you want to get familiar with, because they provide quick links to local and regional support. And you know what's exciting is, right on Wow Whispering, we've had an expert who's worked very I'm going to say successfully and with dedication to prevention of bullying uh, in his native land of Canada. And so we're joining that effort and just acknowledging that here in the U.S., we've got our hands full and we are definitely pleased to see this resource available. So go ahead and check it out. Thank you. We are back with Michelle Hammonds, and she has lots more to share, but I want to make sure that you know that she comes not only with profound wisdom and lovely spirit and the gifts of a, a very bubbly kind of way of communicating, but she literally has gifts for you as well. So go to her website. She's got so many goodies, and she has so much wonderful energy to her website as well. Talk about the, the creativity of what it is that, that she provides, the, the creative playbook, if you will, of life. And I love the idea of bringing play in a profound way. So Michelle, as we've been having this conversation, I'm thinking about what you might want people to come away with. And I want to just share that one of the things that Michelle mentioned she wants listeners to know for sure is that she has been herself a serial entrepreneur. She has worked out a way to live debt-free by paying off her house and achieving so many things that are beyond the average and beyond what people expect for themselves. And so that formed the foundation of the high performance habits that led her to those results. And now as a coach, she helps others. She cheers them on, she holds them accountable. She's helping people raise their own belief level 
and consequently the results that they achieve for themselves. And she's focusing now on group coaching so she can make it more accessible to a broader audience of folks, help more people. And her goal, ooh, I love this goal, she gets real specific, is to impact 10,000 people through coaching. And you know what? I know you're gonna do that. Now you've got a number, that number's gonna show up in your life big time with, with gold sparkles all around it. So Michelle, thank you for that vision for yourself that really is sharing a vision for other people. Thank you, yes. Yeah, that's important. There's a lot of detail and work that went into those things. <laughs> As you were oh, talking okay. about them, I was reflecting. <laughs> You've made your vision bigger than yourself and to include other people. And I think when we start to do that, doesn't, doesn't the experience of life really shift at that point? It does. It does. And it comes back to those defining moments, right, uh, that, that I was talking about earlier. When I think about, because I know finances are always top of mind, so I'll just say this about the debt-free journey that I was on. I was single at the time. I kind of came to this moment with myself where I decided I was going to tackle paying off my house, which is a huge thing that most people do not accomplish in the world. And so I didn't know how I was going to do it. There was so much uncertainty, so, so much that was not clear in that moment. But I knew the number, and, I, and my favorite word, one of my favorite words is commence. And, and I like commence because it's graduation time coming up in May, and, you know, we often think it's an ending. But commence is the beginning. And so as a coach, I think what I would say is the most important thing is to commence, to get started, to start somewhere. You can always do something, even if it's teeny, eensy, weensy, small, or even if you have the capacity to do it in bigger leaps, you can start, you can commence. And really, that's the journey. I think that, that action alone taught me more about myself because I really didn't know. And I kept thinking, well, I'm just going to keep working this plan. I'm, gonna, I'm working this plan until I'm done. So I didn't have a timeline necessarily when I started. And it, the timeline started to reveal itself as I got more in line with what, how it was all going to work. But I probably didn't have, you know, if I were to tell you what my belief level was that day sitting at my kitchen table circling my big debt number that I had, which wasn't like a lot of stuff. It was like a student loan in my house. I didn't have any other things that I was taking care of. Um, but it was still significant for us. When I looked at the number, I was like, that's too much. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's more than I'm comfortable with. And it's time mm. to do something about it. And I think there's, so you have to have that resonance, right? That, that says today, no matter what, my health is changing or my life is changing or my relationship is changing, or my finances are changing. And this was just the moment, one of the moments I had with myself. But in that moment, I, I probably would have believed that that was really possible on a, on a scale of one to 10, about a two. You know, that this could happen like when the 30 years from now when we're supposed to pay them off. But I, was, I had that unwavering belief that I kept believing and teaching myself and learning. And I did it on my own. And I worked at that goal as hard as I've worked at any goal in my life. And for, it took me four years. And this is the thing about goals and dreams is that you got to give yourself enough runway to let these things play out. Yeah. I, obviously, you couldn't do that in 90 days or six months or two years, right? It's going to take a little time to process all that and make it happen. So when you set your goals, make sure you give yourself enough time really to let those things happen. Because sometimes we fall short, we trip up just right before we get to the result we were trying to accomplish. We hear those stories so often, right, that we give up. Uh, it's too hard or we just we can't see it because we're in the middle of it and we it's kind of foggy right it's not clear where we're going mm -hmm. and so that 
that's that's the importance of that to me is I think the word commence it comes to mind of, of how that can help influence others and impact others. It's a really powerful word. I'm so glad you brought this forward for everyone. Commencing isn't the end, it is the beginning. And I, I also am intrigued with what you're talking about and giving yourself enough runway. It's 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 like that plane or that bird taking off that we talked about, you know. Sometimes you gotta get get going and then then you reach a point of elevation where you can start to see something you couldn't see when you were just getting started. And you start to discover, oh, there's this and that. And suddenly time becomes a little bit elastic. It's a subject near and dear to my heart. What I have found is that sometimes people trap themselves in time. They say, well, it's going to take this amount of time. Therefore, I can goof off for the first year or two or whatever it is. I don't have to think about it. And other times they say, I don't have enough time to do that. But there's this notion of time as preventing rather than as time as oh, it could end up being your ally in some ways that you were just describing. When you give yourself enough time, then suddenly you start to see things that come your way from a perspective, not so much of pressure, but dare I say possibility. Yeah, absolutely. Time is a, a big dimension to this, right? And when we make a lot of explanations and excuses and reasons about time, and here's and when I work with people, we spend a lot of time thinking about time and the mindset we hold around time, because it is our most precious commodity. Like if we go back to the breath of life, right? We just don't know. Like I don't know if I have 24 more hours or if I have 24 more years. So to build plans, you've got to be intentional about your time. And and in that 24-hour clock that we're gifted is what I like to say <laughs> each day, we're going to spend probably eight hours sleeping, probably eight hours working. And then we've got some discretionary time. And if you have big dreams and goals, or you have to figure out what your time clock looks like, right? That's what most people's look like. But some people are different. And so you have to get really intentional about that time, whether it's relationship time, or whether it's development time, or whether it's work time or play time, all of it counts. And that's where I think we, when we think about time, we dismiss things, right? Like if you're going to get on a weight loss plan and lose weight, you're going to have to devote time and energy to doing the things that will create the outcome. It's the same for anything, whether it's budgeting and finance improvement or building strong relationships. They take time to, you know, meet with people, talk to people, get to know them and have deep conversations like this one we're having here. Yeah. You have to invest the time to do it. So Time is a huge mindset factor, I think, when we talk about high performance, as well as just being intentional every minute that we cannot let it squander. Because the reference I'd like to say is, we've all heard the quotes from Ben Franklin, if you're not intentional with your budgeting, then you don't know where your money goes, right? Yeah. If you're not intentional with your time, you also you don't know where it went, but you also cannot get it back. That's right. <laughs> and money, you can get more money, but you cannot get more time. So to me, time is the most precious commodity that we have to work from, and we have to be super intentional about it. Otherwise, it will kind of drift away, and we won't know what happened. And in the, you'll get in these modes where like, oh my goodness, it'll be spring, and then it's fall, right? Or it's another month has rolled by, or another week has rolled by. And so really practicing intentionality around every day, and what's important. And when I say time, I don't mean like from a productivity perspective, like what you're getting done, but are you living the visionary life, the picture that you feel like is going to give you that fulfillment and joy and purpose in life. And well, really time in the Buddhist point of view, I believe, is one of the most powerful elements because they say 
without time, everything, all the other elements would collapse in on each other. And so time allows us to breathe into reality in ways that now it can become coherent to us. So I am totally resonating with what you're saying. Let's put time on a big pedestal up here and recognize the role it can play for us to be really empowering. Right, because we, as individuals, we focus on other things that are important, right? We, we might really focus on money or we might really focus on our career or our family. But all of that is available to us through the, the function of time and how Yay. much we have of it to allocate. And so oh, we yeah. have to be intentional about it. Oh my gosh. Well, I could talk to Michelle forever and I may, (laughs) (laughs) but what we're going to do now is we're going to give everybody now that we've kind of opened up our thinking together and with our listeners and we've been to some very profound places of wows and whispers. I want to just say thank you so much for being with me today. I look forward to continuing the conversation and I want to just make sure everybody knows how to reach you. So it's Michelle M I C H E L L E. Hammonds, H-A-M-M-O-N-S, and you can find her at a website called The Visionary Life, L-I-F-E dot com. Michelle, thank you again for being with me. Thank you, Diane. It's been a pleasure. I always enjoy our conversations, and I know that there's more to come as we've connected in this life and uh, have this commonality of thinking on on a deeper level and being intentional. So thank you for having me as a guest. It is my pleasure. What a pleasure to be with you in the world of wow whispering. As we complete this episode, I invite you to notice the wows and whispers that enliven or challenge as they fulfill life for you in both tiny moments and transforming experiences. I wish you the very best until we meet next time.